This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, Jim Milligan out as head coach and GM of the Bernie Lakers. Adam Jones traded from the rush to the rock. Mimico and Brampton have a pregame brawl for the ages, and the NLL announced the dates for the NLL Junior Tournament, Combine, and Draft. All that and more on OTCB. And welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on SoundCloud and NLL Radio. My name is Teddy Jenner. Bear and I rocking out in the studios here in Victoria, BC at Zone Control. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to get a hold of me at the show, you can. Email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. Always love hearing from you. Lots of Twitter scuttlebutt going on today with all the news that's come out in the past Oh, 28 to 48 hours. And we're going to talk about as much of it as we can. I also want to give a shout out to the Canadian women's team who came second at the FIL Robotham's World Women's Cup. Also, congratulations to the Americans. They won gold in a well-played game between uh, the top two countries in the world in the women's game. And, you know, we talked about this the other week about needing to close that gap. And I think the Canadian women showed that that gap has gotten a little bit closer. So congratulations to everybody involved in what sounded like a very well-run tournament. And also, I want to give a major shout-out to my brother Fred, who was uh, given the Heart of Lacrosse Award. Uh, my brother was the manager of the Canadian women's team, and he was you know, doing the laundry and calling taxi cabs and picking up dinner and doing all these things. And uh, what a great honor for him and... Uh, it was a great weekend for the Jenner family uh, with him working with Team Canada and my nieces playing in the uh, Canadian Box Nationals. My eldest niece, Mackenzie, uh, right after played in the Field Nationals all out in Halifax. Um, she won gold and silver, and my niece, Sylvianne, just won silver. So uh, go, Je- go Team Jenner, Jenner Pride. But let's focus on the real big news. Um, Where should we start? Well, let's start with Jim Milligan. Uh, News came my way, I believe it was Sunday. No, it was Monday. About uh, Jim Milligan being relieved of his duties with the Burnaby Lakers. Came a bit of a shock because they're a playoff team. One of four teams who have an opportunity to host the Man Cup this summer. They had just beaten Victoria, and now this news comes out. And after reaching out to Jim, who was a former coach of mine with the Edmonton Rush, uh, talking to some of the players and just kind of getting the the pulse of everything around the league. And, yeah, it does come at a pretty strange time. And I still don't know why it went down the way it went down because like I said I've known Jim Milligan for for quite a few years um he's a talented X's and O's coach he's a good guy he's a funny dude um there are a lot of guys out there that respect what he does as a coach and what he has done as a coach um the work that he's done in the NLL the work he's done with the Peterborough Lakers and apparently he just you know obviously in the world of sports Not everybody is going to get along with everybody. That's the nature of business. 
But sometimes you kind of have to be able to put ego aside, um, the self aside, and look at the bigger picture. And Jim has always been a team-first kind of guy. And it's apparent that he didn't see eye-to-eye with everybody else. And the people he didn't see eye-to-eye with felt that a change needed to be made. And those people voiced their displeasure with management and ownership. And Jim found out, after talking to me, he found out that he had been relieved of his duties and that the team was going to go off in a different direction. And he was, even today, trying to figure out what was going on and and what had happened and what was being said. And I talked to a few different players on the Lakers squad and, you know, they're, they're happy. Some of them are happy with the direction the team's going now uh, with Peter Tellis, who sounds like he's going to take over uh, as the new bench boss. And I think this is a team that needs proper direction. And it's unfortunate that Jim had to be uh, the one that took the fall, but the Lakers are moving forward. And we'll just have to see. Uh, one one lacrosse guy said to me, wouldn't it be crazy if Peter Tellis comes in and, and the Lakers run all the way to the Man Cup? And it's possible that they could. And the craziest thing is, is they're going to play Victoria Friday night in Victoria, and it's going to be a good litmus test for this club. And it's going to be an opportunity for Peter Tellis to get his hands on this group. And it's going to be a chance for these guys to step up and show that they can be a team that works together well. And Millie, was, like I said, Millie was taken aback by this a lot because, as he said, yeah, sure, they had come off a couple of tough losses, but then they beat Victoria, they clinch a playoff spot, and now this happened. So some say um, he was thrown under the bus. Others say it was just a difference of opinion. And you can take whatever side you want. I think Jim Milligan will find a job very quickly. Uh, I'm sure once the NLL expands that he will be a guy people look towards to, to run their team. And, you know, currently he's with the Vancouver Stealth working alongside his good buddy Jamie Batley. And from the guys that I have spoken to on the Vancouver Stealth, uh, they speak highly of Jim Milligan. So, again, take it for take it how you will, whether you want to believe that um, there was a, a coup to have him overthrown or whether management just decided to go in a different direction, which is odd-sounding because they were going in the right direction. They were a playoff team. They were going to get Tyler Digby back this week. They were going to get Josh Byrne back this week. And they were playing lacrosse that had gotten them into the playoffs and were looking quite good. So interesting turn of events in Burnaby. Uh, I feel really bad for Millie, um, but now we just kind of have to wait and see how this all plays out for the Burnaby Lakers. The next bit of news that came out was that there was a massive, massive brawl pregame between Mimico and Brampton Uh, in round two of the Ontario Junior Playoffs. Now, I hadn't been to um, the the old Brampton Arena, so I've never seen it, but apparently it's not the best for player accessibility. Um, And oftentimes, guys are going out the same gate. 
Uh, also turns out that during the incident last night, there were a lot of Mimico players on the floor and not a lot of Brampton players on the floor. And one thing led to another. Balls were being thrown at players, and then all hell broke loose. Players were fighting players. Coaches were fighting coaches. Um, at one point, a player had his head hit and his face smashed with a helmet. And you just don't think these things are going to happen in this world of lacrosse anymore. And you don't think that it's going to break out and get to this level of lunacy at times. But it turns out that there's a lot of bad blood and hatred between these two clubs because a lot of these kids have played against each other. Some even played with each other since they've been in Peewee. So it's been a rivalry building for years. And sometimes it's a boiling point. And it turns out that the boiling point was last night. And it went beyond reasonable doubt that there needs to be better control, especially during early, early warm-ups when there's no officials, guys are in street clothes or or in shorts and T-shirts, flip-flops, barefoot, whatever have you. But for something to happen like this, the way it did, for the cops to be called, for a player to be taken away during the middle of the game in equipment, like arrested by the, the police, charged, charging him with assault with a weapon, it's unbelievable. And the craziest thing is, they play game two on Tuesday, tonight. I can't imagine. What could happen? Now, as we've seen many times before, and we've talked about many times before, oftentimes when teams get this out of the way, the rest of the series is just fine. Look at game one of the 2009 Man Cup, New West and and Brampton. That huge bench-clearing brawl. And then we didn't see anything the rest of the way. So maybe Mimico and Brampton have this out of their system. Uh, By all accounts, the game was a fairly clean one after the pregame incident happened. And hopefully they can get back to playing lacrosse because uh, Brampton's hosting the Minto Cup. Mimico's trying to get there. And they don't need, neither of these two teams need this cloud over their heads as they move forward. What a crazy, crazy scene it must have been. Now, there's no video of the incident because, A, it was pregame, so there probably weren't a lot of people there, too. There was no cameras turned on. And, three, it's probably a good thing. Maybe it's a it's a bad thing because now the OLA junior officials um, have to just go on hearsay and witnesses uh, because we don't know what suspensions or fines have been handed out. Uh, obviously, they played last night. They're going to play game two tonight. And so we don't really know what's going on or, or what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. But, man, can you just imagine? Imagine just showing up early having a hot dog, watching some of the guys chuck the ball around, and then all hell breaks loose. I I can't even imagine. I've been in games and played in games where there's been a lot of chirping in pregame and it's come close to setting off. But I've never seen a brawl like that in, like, early, early warm-up. And if 
the Brampton arena is an issue because of where players go off, then hopefully they'll be able to fix it and have a better solution once the Minto Cup comes around or even as these playoffs continue in Ontario because this is a situation that can't be afforded to happen again. But it sounds like, in speaking with some people back east, that it's not a rare thing to see players chucking balls at each other, especially at that barn where they kind of go off in the same area. So let's hope cooler heads prevail throughout the rest of that series and the boys can get down to playing lacrosse. Now, Tuesday, today, the big news that sort of shook the airwaves was that Adam Jones had been traded from the Rush to the Rock for a 2018 and a 2019 first-round draft pick. Adam Jones for two picks. Two firsts, even. And... While it may have caught some people by surprise, it probably caught a lot of people by surprise, this was a deal that was, in my opinion, um, a long time coming. Adam has been trying to work his way back to Ontario uh, full-time, where he's a teacher, and he's always been needing an easier schedule. Um, When he was with Colorado, everybody knew if it was a Friday game, he probably wasn't going to make it because he was teaching. So he could really only play Saturday games. Any chance they could get him there for a Friday, they did, especially road games. They were close. And so that was one of the reasons that Steve Govett shipped him to Saskatchewan for Zach Greer. And the same sort of thing happened with Jonesy in Saskatchewan. There were some games that he just couldn't get to. And while he was a big part of their offense, he didn't really fit in right away. And he struggled with the rush in 2017. And when I spoke with Derek Keenan, the general manager and head coach of the Rush, um, I jokingly said that he was uh, giving John Arlotta a run for his money as the king of collecting first-round draft picks. And he said, well, we got to prepare for expansion, and we're not done yet. Now, what we're not done yet means is anybody's guess. But the idea of teams stockpiling picks for expansion is interesting. And we always talk about expansion, and we're not going to get into that debate today. We're trying to keep this short, tight, and concise tonight. I got a sick dog here. But for Jones to be traded from the rush to the rock, it opens up space for Ryan Keenan. It opens up floor space for Dan Taylor. And it allows Mark Matthews to be the number one gun, even though he pretty much what he already was. It just allows him to be the guy. Dan Taylor will get more floor time. Ryan Keenan will get more floor time. And their offensive lefty side will be able to continue to build. Now for The Rock, we're going to hear from Jamie Dowick in a minute. For The Rock, they add one of the premier lefties in the game that will be close to home, playing in front of family and friends, and won't have to worry about missing practices or games as much because he's right there in the GTA. Uh, it adds him to Kieran McCardle. It adds him to Steph LeBlanc, to Tor Reinholdt, Turner Evans. And so their left side got a little bit better. And earlier today, um, Jamie Dowick caught up with uh, Rock PR man Mike the Hammer Hancock. And here's what he said about acquiring the all-star lefty. 
pretty exciting. Uh, you know, clearly uh, the, our biggest need I felt was was to improve our offensive left side and and you know to acquire Adam. Um, you know, who I believe is one of the top uh, offensive lefties in the game, and uh, it's it's very exciting. It comes at a risk, you know, giving up two first-round picks. But, you know, in this league, sometimes you have to give up a lot to, to get better. Yeah, well, I mean, you do. You have to give something up to get something. And, um, you know, it's a fine line. I'm always a guy that's willing to move my picks. But, you know, you like to keep them. And, and they're an important part part to building your team, as you saw with what happened with us last year. So, um but because of what did happen last year and, um, you know, the opportunity to acquire a guy like Adam, um, you know, doesn't come around every day. And to me, uh, I know what we're getting there. And, and um, you know, that's why we, we make the deal on our end. You mentioned last year you went with uh, the youth movement with acquiring some picks that really worked out for you. And, uh, you know, the addition of Tom Schreiber uh, last year certainly – Playing with uh, Adam Jones and now, uh, you know, Steph LeBlanc has someone on that left side. It really, uh, you know, improves your offense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. The one nice thing about moving picks for a player is, uh, you know, we didn't move anyone off our current roster. So you're just adding Adam to the mix, which, you know, I think is exactly what we're looking, one of the pieces we're looking for. And, you know, I felt like at times last year, you know, we went seemed to go through lulls where we really had problems going putting the ball in the net and breaking up runs. And to me, Adam's one of those guys that that will help us out in those situations. You know, as well as many other situations. So, uh, you know, finally a chance for him to play close to home. And and uh, I've just spoken to him, and I know he's excited about that. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm real excited and can't wait to see him in the red, white, and blue. And for the record, he doesn't mean American colors. He, he means Toronto Rock, red, white, and blue, just to clear that up. Um, so a, a big acquisition for the Rock. I think it's a great pickup for them. Um, I really do. They've been needing um, a real strong lefty to complement Steph LeBlanc, Everson, Doyle, and Shooter stepped away from the team. And this gives them that weapon that they need, a, a guy that will come in and give them another threat on the power play, uh, a four-checking dynamo that rivals Miles and Tom and Shawnee Evans, um, a guy that just has an incredible compete level, and will fit right in. And so I'm excited to see what Sean Evans, or sorry, Sean Evans, um, what Adam Jones does in the Eastern Division. Um, he's going to get a lot more attention out there from the likes of the Bandits and the Nighthawks and 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 everybody else. But as you heard Jamie Dowick say, it, it's a good fit for him. He's close to home, um, and he's going to make their offense that much better. So uh, congratulations to Adam Jones for, for uh, getting traded back closer to home. Um, and like we said, the, the rush pickup, two more draft picks, um, an 18 and a 19. Derek Keenan continues to hoard those picks. And if expansion is going to be a thing, then having draft picks and depth and roster players is going to be big for them. Um, I'm still hoping we have a expansion announcement by the end of August. Um, that's kind of what I've been sort of led to believe is going to happen. But until that actually does happen, we're just going to have to wait and see. However, um, the National Lacrosse League announced uh, NLL Junior and Combine information. Uh, the fifth annual NLL Junior tournament goes August 25th and 27th. 
Um, it is for junior clubs of the Bandits, Next, Mammoth, Swarm, Black Wolves, Nighthawks, Rush, Rock, and Stealth. Even the junior Edmonton team and Philadelphia clubs are going to compete in Pee Wee Bantam and midget level. So uh, basically 10-year-olds all the way up to 16-year-olds um, in what has become a yearly tradition out of the Toronto Rock Athletic Center and the Glen Abbey Community Center in Oakville, uh, August 25th to 27th. So hopefully uh, you'll be able to get out and check some of that, uh, some of the young stars rising in the world of lacrosse. But they also announced dates for the Combine and Draft for this year. And that is going to go September 16th and 17th at the track as sort of where it's often been the last few years, just a very central location. Uh, the only unfortunate part of that is, is I believe that is the last weekend of the Man Cup. So if teams are still playing then, some GMs, players, coaches, broadcasters, to name a few, uh, might have to miss it. But that's okay. Um, but that is... The dates for those, and um, still nothing on the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's often done around that same weekend, and we haven't heard anything about that, so um, we'll keep you apprised of Hall of Fame announcements as they come along, but as of right now, we haven't heard anything. Um, as mentioned, I have a pretty sick dog. Um, he has been under the weather, so we're going to get him into the shade and back home to his comfortable bed. Um, but that's kind of the week that's been the last few days um, in the world of lacrosse. Uh, the Western Lacrosse Association only has a few more weeks to go. Uh, we know the four playoff-bound teams. It's going to be Victoria, New West, Maple Ridge, and Burnaby for sure. Those are the four teams that are going into the playoffs. We just don't know where they are going to finish. Um, but as of right now, Maple Ridge has a one-point lead over both Victoria and New Westminster with Burnaby three points behind them. Uh, Burnaby has three games remaining. Victoria has two. Maple Ridge and New West each have one game remaining. So there's still some jockeying to be done out west. In the MSL, as they get their season nearing the end, it's still a two-horse race over the top. Peterborough and Six Nations, they're playing a huge game tonight, a battle for first place. Just one point separates the two clubs with the Borough on top. 30 points to 29. Uh, they each have two games left, including tonight's game. So uh, the winner of tonight's game could very well be your number one seed. Brooklyn will finish uh, either third or fourth, along with Oakville, Brampton, and Coburg are out. Um, I made a boneheaded mistake when talking about the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse Junior A playoffs uh, last week, probably even the week before on the podcast. I said it was the Raiders and SWAT, and they're already playing the finals. That was wrong. Um, it was the Mounties and the SWAT. And the Mounties won that three straight games over uh, the SWAT, so they advanced to take on the Okotoke Raiders uh, in a best of seven, which gets going on the 26th, which is tomorrow night. Um, the Raiders are the favorites, but we'll have to wait and see what happens in that one. Out west, the familiar foes of Coquitlam and New Westminster will once again meet in the BCJ Finals, that gets underway Friday. Uh, Coquitlam dispatched of Victoria, while the New Westminster Sandbellies put away Poco. Um, so those adversaries will meet up once again in the best of seven. Again, that starts on Friday. And, of course, in Ontario, we've already talked about one series, Brampton and Mimico. Mimico up one nothing in that one. And Six Nations and Whitby are playing game two as we speak. 
with the Arrows holding on to a 1-0 series lead as the road to the Minto continues to heat up. So that'll about do it. Um, it was a, literally a crazy 48 hours in the lacrosse world with, with tons to talk about. Um, it all just kind of came out of nowhere, and I was doing some birthday celebrating with some friends, so I didn't exactly have all the time in the world um, to get people on the show that I've wanted to, um, but we will try to effort as many as we can for next week. Again, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. We'd love to hear from you. Always enjoy talking with the fans and even the players because, you know what, I'm here for them, and they help me, I help them. Sometimes they like me, sometimes they don't, and I'm okay with it. Until next time, if you go to a game, take a friend to a game. If you take a friend, take two. The more friends you have, the more fun you will have. Until then, be active to each other.